Hello, and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband, Jed. I hope you will join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family, because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate and I am here joined by my husband Jed again and we're doing our market update part two. Um, we got some really great feedback that it sounded like some of the material we shared was helpful for a lot of people who are either considering selling or buying or have just kind of been hearing some things about this crazy market that we're in. And so we wanted to follow up with a part two with some of the questions that we're hearing from you guys that are just asking real questions of us. And so we thought we'd put that into another session. Um, and if you're listening to us live, please send those questions in. We'll try to get to those. Or if you listen to this after the fact, we'll be happy to follow up with answers to your questions as well. So thanks again for joining us and let us jump in because this time goes quick and we want to get to all these questions. So the first question I have for you, Jed, and again, this is my husband. Um, he's been in real estate closer to 20 years at this point. Um, and so he's got a lot of different experience in our marketplace. But based on what you're seeing, what what is kind of going on in the new construction realm? What are you seeing in that regard, Jed? Well, a couple of things. So inventory, just like everywhere else, is really low. They're not able to, for a variety of COVID-related things uh, that have slowed down the building process to just the, uh, the ability to actually turn out a, a build. It takes a lot longer. There's all sorts of delays that have come up um, with the county, with materials, with labor, and those things all roll into price increases. Um, so material costs, labor costs, and time all cost more these days right now because partly because of the demand and partly because of the limited quantities of things available. So when two by fours are in limited quantity, then ultimately houses and new construction finished product is in limited quantity. Uh, and it just kind of all flows through. So those little shutdowns of three weeks to three months early on this time last year, as COVID was, you know, kind of hitting its initial stride and people weren't quite sure what to do with it, um, has has caused ripple effects throughout the marketplace. So new construction is happening and it's happening furiously and there's tons of demand for it. But if you go over to like a Lennar uh, or any of the any of the the builders that have a subdivision and here's some lots we're building on they are basically they're turning out uh, a few maybe every month um, like here's a couple of opportunities of a lot that's coming up they're doing less pre-sales because they don't they're afraid to take on a price right now that might go up through the process and commit to a number that's not the case for all builders it's just that we're seeing more and more of that where they realize hey if we build a house and sell it five, six months from now, uh, likely we could get more for it than we can get right now for it. And that's just the, that's the reality of the marketplace. So new construction's super expensive uh, right at this moment because of those demands. That's what I'm seeing too, that the pre-sale options are not as available. Um, I had a client who was on a wait list and, and they weren't going to start opening up new lots or new sales for a couple of weeks. So we were waiting amongst, uh, you know, 
a handful of other buyers that wanted that. And then I had even heard that there were some new construction that were taking deposits and putting buyers on a list and saying, we'll get back to you, but we're not even telling you which lot you are actually signing up for. And buyers were okay with that just to have the opportunity to buy right now. So the new construction market is definitely in high demand. They're building like crazy, like you said, but they just, the materials costs have gone up. So I think all of those have factored in to just a, a low inventory, high demand situation. So there's been discussion about an increase in interest rates. We've seen a little bit of that. And then, I mean, they have to go up. Could they go any lower is, you know, my initial thought. What do you see happening over, let's say the next six to 12 months, if increase in interest rates does happen? Well, I think it's, it's happening, you know, and people hear increase in interest rates and it's kind of, I think the initial go-to is, oh, we, you know, we're going to have a high rate. Well, high is relative, right? Like, I mean, we're probably done seeing most of the twos, but 3%, anywhere in the 3%, still a heck of a good rate. If you look at the overall reality of rates over time, it's ridiculously low. So the rates are still very good. It's just that people can grow accustomed to what they've seen out there and what online marketer might put out for the rate that they're given, you know, and, and that was a, that could have been a few weeks ago, but things change and they change rapidly right now. So we will see fluctuation. Rates have bumped up back up into the threes for most products, according to a couple of my favorite lenders um, that have been telling me these things. There might be some course correction for that because they did go up pretty quickly. So there might, we might see a little bit of a, um, a correction, but there's no guarantee of that. It really just comes down to demand. I think we're going to continue to be in the threes for the remainder of the year. Um, and then again, there'll be weekly fluctuation as a result of the markets. Yeah, I see similar things as well. And when I got into real estate 10 years ago, 6% was the rate. And that was still awesome. We were talking about how low the rates were then. So it's relative, like you said. So I think we have to keep that in perspective. I mean, there is a, a tool that one of my favorite lenders says is that for every 1% increase in an interest rate, it's about $10,000 decrease in your buying power. So you want to keep that in mind. If, if interest rates go from two and a half to three and a half, that's $10,000 difference in what you can buy. And that can make a difference in what you're looking at. So something to keep in mind as interest rates do go up. Okay. So here's kind of a new thing that we're seeing in the marketplace that probably a lot of buyers are not even familiar with. So I want us to kind of discuss this idea of a preview addendum. What is it? How does it work? So I'd love to hear your perspective on it. And then I'll share mine as well. But what is this preview addendum that's helping buyers navigate this crazy market? Yeah. So the preview addendum kind of came as a result of the initial um, initial shutdown of, hey, we can't go in and see houses uh, with COVID at the early onset. Um, so they the uh, real estate folks got together and came up with this addendum to say, hey, okay, well, if you put your house under contract, then you know we'd like to see it, but we can't get in to see it because no one's letting anyone in. Um, so what they were doing was pre-negotiating a deal and then they would have a stipulation with this preview addendum to come in and view the home. And um, and there was a cost to that. There was, it's negotiable. So uh, at the time that came out, that was like, you know, 50 bucks, a hundred bucks, something. It was just a, it was a nominal fee in order to kind of follow through with the way the paperwork was written. Now that was then. 
this is now, it's a year later, and this tool has now become useful in a different way. Now, that, so before it was a tool that would allow us to actually go show a home because those folks were now under contract, which was different than marketing the property. Now it's being used as a tool in conjunction with a sight unseen offer. Um, so a house might be incoming soon. A buyer looks at those pictures and thinks, man, that is what I want. And I'm not recommending this for everybody, but there are definitely houses that you can look at and get a pretty good feel, especially if you've been in the market and you've looked at a lot of houses and you can kind of tell, okay, that is the type of thing I'm looking for. That might be a time to use this. So what we're seeing is making a sight unseen offer in the coming soon period. That feels really risky, which okay, let's face it, it is, it is risky because you're putting up a big fat due diligence fee. What the preview addendum allows us to do is pre-negotiate a contract with that big due diligence fee. So, you know, we're still showing the seller, hey, we're really serious, but it gives you an ability once they agree to our terms to go in and see the house within a certain number of days after it goes under contract and let you look at it. There's still a fee to that. You know, that fee is not, no, is no longer a hundred dollars or whatever. It's probably closer to a thousand dollars, but that's way better than and risking $20,000 in due diligence, right? So it's a way that you can get in there if you kind of have the gumption to take on that sight unseen offer. It's a way to mitigate the risk of the giant due diligence fee if you happen to walk in and find something that you weren't expecting that's a deal killer. You know, most folks that are willing to go through that process, they like the house once they get in there and they're ready to roll forward. So it's definitely something we want to put a lot of extra thought on. We don't go around, you know, willy nilly just throwing offers like that because it still costs you money essentially to even see the house. So you got to have a strong offer. You got to be willing to put up some money, but for the right property in this market, it's a great tool. And what I'm kind of seeing is I'm giving it, it's a tool and not everybody mm -hmm. has to use it. So if you hear this and you're offended by the thought of paying money to just see a house, this isn't the tool for you, or it might not be the market for you to buy in. So don't hear this as this is what you have to do. Again, this is us trying to be creative in a very unusual market that we're not used to. And so what I've been telling, you know, my clients is that it's an option, but you have to think in the shoes of the seller. If you were a seller in an amazing market to sell in, what would it take for you to not list your home and give it full exposure to the marketplace? And what type of fee would you take in order to, to give a buyer a chance, a first look before anybody else does? So you got to think like a seller. You can't think like a buyer who wants to mitigate risk. You have to think like a seller and you've got to make your offer is strong, strong enough that they say, you know what, this I would take even being this close to putting it on the market to not have all that exposure and all of that demand of multiple offers and competition driving the price up. So I don't think you can go in conservatively when you're trying to get them to consider a preview addendum. I don't think you can go in nervous of, ah, I'm not certain. You've got to be pretty confident. Otherwise, I don't think it's going to be a tool that'll yeah, it's a hard thing to ask people. So like you said, these are tools that we have in our toolbox that can help get you in the front of the line. Right. And it's it could potentially be the difference in, yeah, you're taking a little risk and paying a little money, but what if that seller decides to sell to you instead of taking it to the market where guess what? We have seen, just in the last week, we have seen things that we were not even expecting. We, we were expecting offers to go way above asking, but we have seen significantly above asking. So what if it took you know, $50,000 over value to get the house and we offered 30 and a seller took it, but you had to pay a thousand dollars to see the house to make sure it was something that you wanted. That that saved you $20,000. Like that's, that's worth throwing down a grant. 
right? And that money goes towards the purchase price anyway. So it's it is a scenario that has some risk, but it's what's the what's the end game? If you want this house, it's going to cost you significantly over asking anyway. So to Ashley's point, we definitely, when we're making sight unseen offers, we're making offers from the beginning, knowing we have a protection of getting you in the house, we still have to come strong. We have to make it, we have to make it fall into the category of that's enough. That's plenty from a seller perspective to say, you know, where maybe their mind has not stretched as far as what the market might give them for their house, but they feel very comfortable and confident in moving forward. It's very easy for us to project what a seller is thinking onto them. And we don't know the complete motivation. We know what the agent's telling us. We know what they, the sellers might even be telling us. But when confronted with an amazing offer in writing right in front of them with all sorts of assurances that we're going to move forward and close, people can change their tune. And they might see that and then realize, actually, our priority to know this is finished and not stress about it anymore actually takes precedent. And that's a, that could be a benefit to our buyers. And it's obviously a good, I mean, the seller in that perspective is getting a great deal. So they're getting a great offer on their house. The buyers, you know, make it a strong offer, but they're getting to have it without having to have the rest of the competition. It, it still is a win for both parties. It just doesn't feel that way if your expectations are, you should be able to walk into a house and have plenty of time to decide. And yeah, in a perfect world as a buyer, you should, but that's not the market that we're in right now. So this is a tool that seems aggressive, but actually in the end, it could save you a fair amount of money in your purchase price. That's what you've got to think of the long game, like you're saying. I think people are most frustrated thinking the short game, but if you think long game and that's 20 grand that you didn't have to pay and now you're in a house with right. low interest rate, then right. you, ha you have to see it in that perspective. So I think that's yeah. really good. I haven't used it much um, mainly because buyers are a little uncertain and then even agents and their sellers are a little uncertain of it. So I think we're going to see more and more of it. I just got an offer on a property with it and you know my clients declined it because the offer wasn't strong enough for them to say, hey, let's not take it to market. The unknown is so interesting to I think sellers and to the agent. Like We have no idea what we could get. We used to have a pretty fair idea of you're going to get within this range for your house. Now it's like, this is what you should be able to get no matter what. Beyond that, we'll just have to see. And so the unknown is what keeps a seller wanting to expose it to the marketplace. Yeah. So one question I've heard, and I think you've gotten this as well is, do you think we should just wait out the market? Should we just stay put and then wait it out and then buy? And I guess for me, what I keep thinking is we don't know what that looks like. What is waiting out the market look like? Is that trying to time the market? I don't know that that ever works for anybody in investment. You've got to be so cautious of that. And I remember having this conversation a year ago, two years ago, three years ago with people that were like, maybe we should wait because, you know, values have gone up so fast. And I'm like, now they've got tons of equity in their home and they just bought a year or two years ago. And so what would you, what do you say to your clients who are saying, should we wait it out? Well, I think you got to go back to why you want to buy a house. Okay. You know, do you physically need more space? Is the working from home scenario going to be a long-term thing? Because let's face it, a lot of these companies are going to have people working. They've gone through the infrastructure to make it all work. And it actually is working for a lot of folks. So is that now a long-term plan? Does your physical space 
need to change in order for your life to be supported well. In that scenario, I think you got to start the process, but that doesn't mean you have to offer on every possible house. You know, I think you just have to be, I'm going to say a little more picky, but in the sense of the house needs to meet your needs if you're going to make that kind of an offer on it. Waiting out the market has a couple of um, presuppositions that we don't know if they're actually true that, you know, when you say wait out the market, we're saying, well, this is, it's like um, something going up must come down. Well, do we know that that's going to be the case? And I'm not sure that is the case for us. I, I still think our values are going to, um, I think they'll ultimately plateau, but I don't think that necessarily means they come down. You may get to a point where that happens that you're not having to pay premiums over what people are asking. But I think by that point in time, the premiums will be baked into the asking price. So I think it's a balance between make a good choice for your family as to how the house will serve you. Then I believe that it's worth going down this path. If it's just like, hey, I want to buy a house because everyone else is, well, that's probably not the right reason. But if it's, hey, interest rates are still really low and they are. So that kind of offsets some of the of the cost because if the interest rates start ticking up and again, maybe even beyond this year where we might even see them go up a little more, but we don't know that. We just, we don't know what's going to happen over time. What we do know is that Raleigh-Durham has been a phenomenal market to work in through the ups and the downs of the of the previous you know 2007 2008 yeah we felt that but not like the rest of the country you know so we have demand here in Raleigh Durham that most parts of the country while they're having really strong markets right now we're always going to have a pretty safe market comparatively to the rest of the nation there's a number of investors really focused on our market right now that would we're otherwise focused on other metro markets because ours is secure people pay their rent people pay their mortgages and that's because we have great great employment we have awesome tech we have awesome schools we have great great downtowns it's a great environment to be in. And I think it, I think the values have been historically low here comparative to the rest of the country. And I see, I think we're going to keep those values. At least that's the way I'm, I'm viewing it because while it seems like it hurts to see these values go up right now because of what we were used to even last year, I think we were due. And so I think we're going to see those values probably plateau off, but I'm not sure that that means buying now isn't a good idea because we don't know how long this is going to continue to grow. So if you buy now, what, what I would hate to see is wait till July and then, oh man, I wish I would have bought in, in March or April, right? Because those values are going to keep creeping up. We have not seen inventory go up. It's still going down compared to the beginning of the year. Um, so that just means demand, you know, spring market, what we're used to seeing houses volume of available homes start shooting up and uh, we're not seeing that yet. So, yeah. And that's what I was going to say too. my buyers that didn't buy maybe three months ago when we initially sat down to start the process are frustrated with themselves that they mm. weren't more aggressive then because now it's three times as aggressive as it was. And they were being a little picky or, you know, we just looked at the first house we really liked, but should we make an offer on the first house we like? And now they're like, I wish we would have, because now we're almost unable to compete with the type of buyers that are out there in the marketplace. Yeah. So it's something to consider, like you said. We want to make good decisions when we buy things. So we want to say, hey, is there a better time? Is there a better place? But yeah. you and I drive in and out of our neighborhood every day and we drive past houses that last year we could have bought for thirty dollars and $40,000 less than what they can sell for right now. Mm -hmm. And you have to make a buying decision based on, yes, you want to think about all these things, but based on what is going on right now for you. 
right. not don't worry as much about the other people. But that's why you rely on the people that are helping you, your lender, your agent, financial advisor. Those people have your best interest in mind. And, um, you know, so I, I lean into the reality of now and how that's going to serve your family. That's good. Yeah. And I keep having buyers ask, you know, it's spring is coming. So will the inventory go up? And like you just said, traditionally, the answer is yes, but spring does bring out more buyers. And then we already have this backlog of buyers that didn't get in in the fall, winter of last year and now into this year. That So we've got all this backlog of buyers so even if inventory did go up, which we're not even seeing, but if it did, we have so many buyers that it wouldn't help offset this demand supply market that is challenging right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we'll see we'll see some changes. Um, we'll see some things trickling in as we get into the summer. I think we're going to see hopefully we're going to see some restrictions lifted as the as vaccinations are available for anyone that wants them, you know, uh, more access to the stores and the schools and um, the shops and restaurants that we're, we're accustomed to as that starts to kind of feel uh, whatever the new normal normal ends up being what if it starts to feel like uh, there's some certainty there. I think we'll see some folks that have been reluctant to put their house out because they don't know what they're going to do. Those folks will start entering the marketplace. I see. I think we'll see, um, you know, folks that have, have have had job trouble. There've been some moratoriums on foreclosures. There's definitely folks that are behind on payments that are um, that are being held out there with this assistance that ultimately that assistance is going to go away at some point. So those will enter the market either as a potential foreclosure possibilities. The reality is they're not going to be foreclosures because someone will pay enough to pay off the loan, but they will enter the marketplace as, okay, I'm going to have to sell or I'm going to go to foreclosure. And that's just because maybe their profession was not one that survived all of this. And then there will be, uh, there'll be some homes that, um, yeah, really it's, it's those two things. It's going to be the, it's going to be the relief of the market from, uh, from COVID and just people kind of getting back into the real feel of things. And then we'll, we will see some result of people being behind, but I don't think we're going to see like a bunch of foreclosures where like it, we did in 2008 where, you know, Hey, everything's gone downhill. And, um, you know, we might see some of that, but again, like you said, the backlog of buyers are going to, are going to eat all that up and, and, not at a discount. It's right. going to still be at the values and prices that we're seeing today That's or more. Like yeah. even if we did have distressed properties hit the marketplace, the demand will drive those prices right back up to where they yeah. won't be at a discounted price. So, yeah. I, I mean, maybe, I mean, everything I've been listening to forecasting the market is saying that may come these short sale foreclosure, but I think it's a good bit away. And again, I don't think there's going to be a flood of them. And I don't think they're going to be super discounted. Agree? Totally. Because remember, we are we are a strong market no. in a nation of strong markets right now. But when trouble starts to come, we are going to be insulated from that to a degree more so than many other markets in the country. So while we might hear national news saying those things, how that actually hits the ground here is not going to be as extreme. Sure. At least based on our history. Uh, with with these types of issues in our marketplace. Right. And I think that um, the other thing I just wanted to ask you just on a personal level, when, when you're advising your clients in this market, are you recommending buyers take homes as is? Because that's something we're seeing a lot is that buyers are saying, we'll take your home with no further repairs, improvements, et cetera. 
Is that something that you're suggesting to your buyers? So I generally, for the most part, I always recommend that we take it as is because I don't want the seller making repairs. Um, and that and those are physical repairs. But as far as a mental preparation entering this market, you know, our contract paperwork is written as is. So there is this idea of, hey, I just gave you 30,000 more than you were asking for your house. I would expect you to do some things to it. Yeah, that's, a, that's not an unreasonable thought process, but that's not a guarantee. Our our contract paperwork says this is an as is purchase. And that just means that the seller is not required to do anything. Now, of course, we're not required to buy the house, but that means that we give up our, our due diligence fee. And that's the risk in this market. So my suggestion is mentally be prepared to go in and say, look, we're taking this on whatever it is. Now, of course, there's the disclosures. And if we can find out that there was, you know, they should have known about these things or the agent should have known about these things reasonably, well, then there might be a window there where we can work work through it. But it, for the most part, prepare to take it as it is. And then if we have an opportunity or something is of a big surprise, that's really a big issue. Of course, we're going to fight for our clients to, to try to get something there. But the expectation is don't plan for anything, you know, but we've been pretty successful in being able to get some repairs done. Like if an HVAC system is not working, they may not be ready to replace it, but they might get it working again, or they might be willing to give us some money towards a replacement. Had a, had some folks fix a generator that was, you know, they, they were marketing the house as a generator on the house generator didn't work so they had to, they paid to have it serviced battery replaced get it up and running and functional and so now the generator works again so that those are smaller things but yeah, I, I don't think that you can be prepared to have uh, expectation. You should not have expectations that a seller is going to fix a bunch of stuff. Plus, if you gave them a big due diligence fee, again, you think about putting yourself in the seller's perspective, they don't need to fix things um, because worst case, you don't buy it. They take that due diligence fee. They fix all those things. They put it back on the market and sell it to one of the other five people that are waiting in line. So, I mean, that's just the reality of the market. So we've got to be, we've got to be thinking about reality of the market and Therefore, yeah, plan to take it as is. Those are the joys of homeownership. You're going to have to deal with things along the way. We try to get them all right, right when you move in. But um, the reality is houses aren't perfect and you're always going to be doing something on them. <laughs> right. And I always say, I know that's scary, the thought, because the biggest thing that comes to mind is structural issues. And of course, those become material facts. And my experience is if we uncover something like that, that the seller didn't know about, they're working with us to make it right, to give money in lieu of repairs. So I don't want people to think that they're going to fall into a money pit of a house because the seller does is not required to do any repairs. You, you do right. want to think like a seller and Yes, they could take that money and fix it and put it back on the market. But at the end of the day, they probably want to sell and be done with the process and move on to buy the next house that they're buying. So yeah. it's something we're seeing and we just more want you to have the expectation set that most likely the seller is not going to bend over backwards for you to make a lot of repairs that are unnecessary. Big structural concerns, water damage, those are bigger ticket items that we might have different conversation around. But against yeah. Well, and most sellers want to give you a good house, especially if you paid way over asking. So, you know, again, if generally my, my statement is if we make reasonable requests, yeah. generally the seller makes a reasonable attempt um, to make yeah. those things right. So.
That's good. Well, thank you so much for your time. We're out um, of time at this point, so we'll wrap up. But thank you, everyone who joined us. If you didn't get to listen to us live, send us your questions. We're happy to help. If you're looking to buy or sell a home, we would love to walk you through the process. So please let us know. But thanks again, Judd, for all your wisdom and expertise. And we'll see you guys next week. Thanks. Take care. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend. Subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home where it all begins.